Welcome to Ten of Many Holiness Ministries. My name is Overseer Ken Simmons. Amen. Amen. We will be in the book of Genesis 40 today. We're going to be talking about Joseph and how he interprets two dreams for the prisoners that's, that he's in. Now, we understand from before when we were reading uh, Genesis 39, at the end, um, we saw how he was put in prison. And he became uh, the leader over the jail. Now we're going to move on from that and see what happens while he was in jail. And, and we realize as we walk through Joseph, we see that how God was watching over Joseph the whole time. Everywhere he went, he ended up a leader in the place where he was placed. Everywhere he going, even in the scriptures in 39, 38, it says that God was with Joseph. So at this point, God is still with Joseph. And we understand that he's over the jail. So now we're going to move on from there and see what happens while he was in jail. And how that coincides with us today. Amen? Amen. Okay. Genesis 40 and 1, it says, Sometimes after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against the, their lord, the king of Egypt. The cupbearer is the closest man to the king. If you ever seen um, that movie, what was it called? Uh, uh, not Lord of the Rings, but The Hand. What do they call him? The Hand? Oh, yeah. oh. Um, can't think of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. You think of Game of Thrones and he talks about the hand. Yeah, this thing. He's like the closest person. The cupbearer is the closest person to the king. Right. To the pharaoh. Right. So, cupbearer and his baker, they had committed an offense. It didn't go into what they did, but it just told you that they did something that landed them in jail. <laughs> right? right? So, this is where Joseph is. They committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. Two says, and Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. And he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. They just happened to all be in the same place at the same time. The cupbearer, the baker, and Joseph. They all in the um, the prison guards prison. <laughs> They're under his care. So it says, and for the captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them. Right. So remember, the captain of the guard gave Joseph free reign. Told him he could do everything to the point where he would tell Joseph to do something and he wouldn't even look to see if he did it. He already knew what he was going to do. So he put these two guys under Joseph's care. Right? Now, a lot of times in our lives, God put people under our care. And it's not about being over someone. 
it's about what you do with them that matters. You see what I'm saying? When you are put in a position of leadership in any capacity, God put you there for a reason. And for whatever reason he put you there, you're there to glorify God in whatever manner that he has you do it. That's why as leaders, as, as um, even when I was working at Radio Shack, I worked at Radio Shack just as a regular worker. But while I was there, I was um, <laughs> in that job. I had prayed for people. I had laid hands on people. I had brought people to Christ just from the job. You know? And people count on you to do these things. But when you are put in any position, in any capacity, God expects you to do the work that he has for you. Anytime you're doing anything, God, you always should ask God, what am I going to do for you today? If you lose your job, and this is very important, especially nowadays, God, what are you going to move me to this time? You pray to get some understanding on why this happened to you. God has a plan for everybody and everything. We blame the coronavirus for everything. It's not about the virus. It's about God's plan going forward and doing whatever he has for his purpose. So what is your role in that purpose? While this is going on, what is your role? And that's what we have to find out today. That's what we should be asking God. This is, these are our prayers. God tells us in the scriptures to watch and pray. These are the things that we watch for. Now that we see is here. We need to pray for what we need to be doing. You see? The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them. And he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. So they, were, they had been there for a while. Five says, and one night they both dreamed the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt who were confined in the prison, each his own dream. So they both had dreams. And each dream with its own interpretation. Six says, when Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were in trouble. That they were troubled. You know how some people wake up and then they just look disheveled. Mm -hmm. You know, just got that look on their face like something wrong. Mm -hmm. You look at them and say, what's wrong? They say, nothing. But you know it's something. <laughs> right? Right. So they look troubled. When you are troubled, especially in your spirit, it's going to show Cause you got that face like, what's wrong with you? You know something. Seven says, so he asked Pharaoh's officers, Joseph, Joseph asked them who were with him 
in custody in the master's house. Why are your faces downcast today? Why y'all looking like that? Why y'all look disheveled? What's wrong with y'all? What happened? They said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. So apparently they've been talking amongst themselves. Yeah, you had a dream? Yeah, I had a dream too. And it was just weird. I don't know what it means. I don't know what man means either. You know. This is where the people of God comes in handy. Right. To regular folks. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. They said to him, we have no one. No, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. They was like, I don't have nobody interpret my dreams. You know? They was like, well, don't God interpret dreams? Shouldn't you give it to God? Tell me the dreams. You understand what he did there? He said, interpretations belong to God. Right? He's basically saying, I belong to God. I'm God's spokesman down here. Tell it to me. You see? Now, because he took that initiative because he understands why he's there. It said that he was in there for some time. So some time had passed while he was in jail with these two under his belt. But then he was probably wondering, just like anybody else, why are these two under me? Why, why do I have these two? I got to keep an eye on these two. Then this dream thing came up. Now I know why I'm here. Right. You see? Mm-hmm. Please tell them to me. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me. And on the vine there was three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossoms, shot forth, and the clusters ripen into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, This is its interpretation. This is what happened. So he told him all of these things that happened in this dream, right? It was this vine. Then three branches came out of this vine, right? Then he tells them as they, um, as the branches came forth, they budded, they bloomed. And then he says, and the clusters ripened into grapes. So as those vines grew, they budded, and then they became grapes. They were fruitful. He said, Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. I have Pharaoh's cup in my hand, too. And then it says, and as he takes Pharaoh's cup in his hand, I took the grapes that was on this vine, and I pressed them into um, Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. So he had fresh grape, fresh wine, grape juice, right? Then Joseph said, okay, well, here's the interpretation of what just happened. The three branches are three days. Mm-hmm. 
restore you to your office. Mm -hmm. And you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cupbearer. Basically, he told him you're going to get your job back. The three branches made up for three days. So three days more, you're going to be here. And then after that, you're going to be back with your job. Okay? 14 says, only remember me when it is well with you. And please do, do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh. And so get me out of this house. He says, since I told you this dream, don't forget me. You know, let them know that I was the one that gave you this interpretation. <laughs> right? I don't know. Only remember me. He says in 15, for I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. The baker was like, man, this dream was good. So, okay, well, let me tell you mine. Let me tell you mine. <laughs> he was excited because he wanted to know. Right. I also had a dream. There was three cake baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating it out of the baskets of my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation. The three baskets are three days. Same three days. He says, in three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> Cut his head off. Mm. He's going to lift up your head from you. Right. And hang you on a tree. Jesus. And the birds will eat the flesh from you. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast of, for all his servants and lifted up the head of the, sh the chief uh, cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. 21 says, he restored the chief cupbearer to his position, just like the dream said. He put the cupbearer back to his position, right? And he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand, like he said he would. Right. Cup bearer gave him the cup. But he hung the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. See how people do? As soon as you help them out, this is what people, this is what worldly people do. They want the prayers of the saints. They want the help. They want the spiritual help and all the spiritual guidance and all of that. But when all is well, they leave you. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to be ready for that. That's not to say that you shouldn't help them. That's just to say you should understand the nature of people that are not in Christ. Yeah. You see? Mm -hmm. 
people that are not in Christ, I always say this, expect them to say and do anything. Why is that? Because they don't follow the same rules that you follow. They don't read the book. They don't study the Bible. They don't understand the ways of the Bible. So they're not going to do anything that's biblical. They may shout. They may scream. They may be real nice to you when things are going well. As soon as something goes wrong, they will curse you out. They will talk about you. This is what they do. But this is what happens when you're dealing with a lot of people that are not of Christ and they're just in the world. All Joseph asked him to do was remember me when I'm going through. Just remember me. Tell Pharaoh, hey, I'm down here. As soon as he got put back in his position, he forgot all about Joseph. That's what they do. We'll go to 41 for a little bit and it's going to read. It says after uh, 41 and 1, it says after two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. And behold, there came out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump. And they fed in the reed, in the reed grass. And behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came out of the Nile after them and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. So it was, they had this Nile River, right? And then out of the Niles, seven big, ju juicy, plump cows come out, right? Right. Then right after them, seven anorexic, messed up cows right. came after them. Right. It says in four, and the ugly thin cow they ate up the seven attractive plump cows. And then Pharaoh woke up. So you see these seven really nice juicy cows come out. Then you see these seven anorexic cows come out. And then the seven anorexic beat up cows yeah. ate up the chunky ones. And then he woke up. I know he was like, huh? shocking to see a cow eat another cow. Yeah. It's disgusting. Mm. <laughs> right? Mm. Seven times over. You had to watch that. Mm. Seven little cows, anorexic cows, unhumane cows, ate up these fat, juicy cows. Yeah. That's disgusting. So, God will show you dreams In a way that you will wake up and remember them. Oh yeah. You, know? you ever had dreams you wake up and then you can't remember what happened? Yeah. You'll have dreams like that. But the ones God really wants you to remember, He'll do something in those dreams that you there's no way in the world you can wake up and forget it. Yeah. Nobody would have forgot that. Five says that he fell asleep and dreamed a second time. And behold, seven ears of grain, plump and good, were growing on one stalk. 
Behold, after them sprouted seven ears, thin and lightened by the east wind. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump, full ears. Corn eating corn. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Eight says, so in the morning, his spirit was troubled. He woke up like, what in the world is going on? And he sent and called for all the musicians, all his magicians, they come, of Egypt, and all his wise men. He want everybody to come. I need the wise men, I need the magicians. What is going on? See, what he did know, he gets his wise men and he got his magicians. Why? Because he understands that whatever this is, is spiritual. You see what I'm saying? So when you're trying to bring magic in there, you're trying to bring wise men, it's got to be something in here that's spiritual. I know this is a spiritual thing. I need to figure out what's going on. It says, Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Out of all his wise men and out of all his magicians, he told them the dream and they couldn't tell him what it meant. A lot of times they would lie to him, but they didn't lie to him about this. Because they understand how troubled, this is how troubled Pharaoh was. He was so troubled, they know they can't lie to him for this. Because if they did, they would, they would be killed. Right. Nine says, Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offenses today. When Pharaoh was angry, his servants and put... put um, when Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of captain of guard. We dreamed on the same night, he and I each having a dream with its own interpretation. Twelve says, a young Hebrew who was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard, when he told him, he was interpreting our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each according to his dreams. And as he interpreted to us, so it came about, and I was restored to my office, and the baker was hanged. Then Pharaoh said and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. So this man finally, two years later, told him, took him two years to tell him about Joseph. Right? right? He says, you know, Pharaoh was upset because he like he got all these magicians, he got all these people. Mm -hmm. Nobody could tell me this dream. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, I need to do this. I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy that helped me with my dreams when I was in jail. And he got he restored me. Mm -hmm. So he was like, okay, well, Pharaoh, like, okay, well, bring him in. Mm -hmm. I ain't got nothing to lose because y'all don't know. Right? 14 says, Then Pharaoh sent, sent and called Joseph, and, just, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, 
He came in before Pharaoh. So he looked nice when he went up there. Right? And 14. 41 and 14. So he says, in 14, he says, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. So now they get, they get Joseph. They get him out of the pit. Joseph getting ready to talk to uh, Pharaoh. So before he goes to Pharaoh, he cleans himself up, shaves, do all of that. Now he's in Pharaoh's hands. 16, uh, 15 says, And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. He's like, yo, I heard you interpret dream. Joseph like, no. God interprets dreams. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Put that on me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? That's right. People take too much credit for stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's not me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. But here's the thing. This is what Joseph says. Listen to the words that he says. It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. He already knew before he heard the dream that he was going to get a favorable answer to the dream. You see what I'm saying? 17. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, in my dream, and here's, this is funny to me because Pharaoh says, I heard you interpret dreams. He's like, no, God interprets dreams. Right. Pharaoh's like, okay, anyway, here's the dream. I'm going to tell you anyway. Right. <laughs> then Pharaoh says to Joseph, behold, in your dream, I am standing on the bank of the Nile. Seven cows, plump and attractive, came out of the Nile and fed in the reed grass. Seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and thin such as I have never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the thin, ugly cows ate up the first seven uh, plump cows. But when they had eaten them, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they still as ugly as the beginning. So even when they ate all of these plump cows, they still look the same. Right. They still look bad, they still look thin, they still look ugly. See, this is something. See, he tells he tells Joseph more details than he told the other guy. Right? Right. He said, then I will. I also saw in the dreams seven ears growing out of the stump, full and good. Seven ears um, withered thin and blighted by the east wind spouted after them. And then the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears. And I told it to the magicians. But there was no one who could explain it to me. He said, I told them the second part of his dream, but they couldn't explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. This is one dream. 
You had two dreams, but it's, uh, it all has the same. They all go together. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Now, some dreams are about what you're about to do. Some dreams are about something that is in the in the uh, future. You know, God gives people different dreams about different things, but you need an interpreter to interpret these things. Joseph says to him, God has revealed to Pharaoh. He didn't say he revealed it to me, and I'm telling you. He said I revealed it to Pharaoh. He keeps this in God's hands. That's right. <laughs> right? right? To Pharaoh, what is about to do? 26, he says, the seven, cow, the seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. He gave you two interpretations. He gave you two dreams that mean the same thing. The seven lean and ugly cows that came after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears, blighted by the east wind, are also seven years of famine, which means there won't be food in the land. There's going to be seven years without food. It is as told Pharaoh. God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them will arise seven years of famine without food. So they're going to have seven years where they're going to have plenty of food. And then they're going to have seven years after that that it's going to go into a famine where they won't have any. It's going to get real bad. And it says, And all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land. And the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow. For it will be very severe. It's going to be pretty bad. It's going to get real bad. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dreams means that the thing is fixed by God and God will shortly bring it out. 33 says, Now therefore let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plenty years. So what he's saying is, over the seven plenty years that you have abundance of stuff, put an overseer over that stuff. That way, you can pull some to the side every year. So when those seven years come of famine, we'll have food still. You see what I'm saying? You're telling them to put away some things. So when we have this abundance of stuff, something away so when it go bad we have plenty a lot of us during bad times don't save and put away things for bad times you know when it get bad then we running out and buying tissue we buying bottled water you know and then you can't find it 
we're just supposed to be putting it away little by little anyway. It's supposed to happen enough. This is why we have to use God's wisdom. A lot of people of God and the true people of God are not worried about anything during any crisis because we have plenty and we have God. <laughs> right? 33. Now therefore let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over all the land and take one-fifth of the products of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities. And let them keep it. Let all of the overseers get their fifth of whatever is brought in. Put it away. So when this famine come, everybody in Egypt will be fine. We won't have to worry about the famine. God always gives us a warning before the storm. This is why we don't worry about anything. We'll be settled. Right? 36. The food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of the famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. 37 says, The proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this, in whom is the Spirit of God? The Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will be greater than you. The only thing greater than you in this kingdom is me. <laughs> he went from a slave in a pit to working in a guard's house to in jail all the way to being second to nobody but Pharaoh. And at this time, Pharaoh is the most powerful man pretty much in the world. Right. And now Joseph is second. This is what God does when you stick with him. Now, it took him years to get there. Everything going to happen overnight. But when he got there, he's there. Right? Amen. See where God put him? And it was all because of the things that God showed him. The dreams he interpreted. God watched and protected him. He could have been dead a long time ago. But it says God was with him all of this time. And now, he's the second most powerful man in the world. One says, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand 
and clothe him in garments of fine linen and put a chain and put a gold chain about his neck and he made him ride in his second chariot and they called out before him bow the knee thus he set him over all the land of Egypt moreover Pharaoh said to Joseph I am Pharaoh and without your consent no one shall lift up hand or foot in all of Egypt and Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zephaniah Paniah and he gave him in marriage Asena the daughter of Potiphar's priest or Potiphar priest of On so Joseph went out over the land of Egypt so not only that he gave he gave him a wife which was um, the daughter of the priest there he gave her he gave him a spiritual woman it's very important when you're a spiritual man you need a spiritual woman Egypt. 
cried to Pharaoh for bread, Pharaoh said to all of the Egyptians, go to Joseph. What he says for you to do. So when the famine had spread all over the land, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians for the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. Moreover, all the earth came to Egypt. All the earth came to Egypt. There was a famine all over the world and they came to Egypt. Moreover, all the earth came to Egypt to Joseph to buy grain because the famine was severe over all the earth. It was a famine everywhere. And the only place you can get it was Egypt. Through the dream that Joseph um, discerned. Made this man famous. God did all of this for this one person. Just think what God can do for you. All of this. And he was able to save the land in, in the process. God used Joseph. And see, Joseph could have been bitter about his situation. True. But he was not. He stayed in that thing. He didn't get upset. Stayed with God and God and them. And, and see what God did for him. Put that man second in command in the world to Pharaoh. Pharaoh took off his ring and gave it to him. <laughs> when the king say, you the man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, really. That's how, that's how a guy do. Right? So a lot of times, I want us to understand that we don't have to be discouraged in our situations. No matter how bad it gets, you cling to God. And watch God move you out of your situation, but you have to allow him to do that. You have to allow him to do that. That's why it's so important to understand these stories in the Bible, because you understand that it teaches you what God can do and how God works. Amen? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. For these scriptures today we thank you for revelation knowledge we thank you for all your wisdom knowledge and understanding of your word and now we can go and teach us what we have learned here today we thank and praise you for the things that you have taught us in the mighty name of your son jesus christ we say and pray amen, amen. stay blessed and faithful